are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. The devil's an unreasonable rascal. You know that? God doesn't, he doesn't lay his children down out in the weed patch and freeze and weather and, and, and let them wake up in hell. I mean, God doesn't do his, the devil do his like that. The devil is unreasonable. He's unreasonable in that he'll take a man and with these two hands, he'll get him a deck of cards and he'll start dealing those cards. He'll be a gambler. It's unreasonable for a man to try to gamble with somebody, take what he's got away from him, see? That's no way to honestly make a living. There never was a gambler made an honest living. You know that. Every gambler's a crook. He's dishonest. He's a thief. And he's a nervous. And, and he's a man that's upset. And yet, people across America, you take these bingo games, it's gambling. Some of the churches, you know, it's been amusing and amazing how many churches have been invaded by the police department in the bingo gambling games. Because I just rejoice every time to do. If I was on a vice squad, first one I'd uh, would 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 arrest me the preacher. Yeah. I mean, I'd tie him up in the jail so tight he never would get out. I mean, I'd 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 be I'd get that bunch of old sisters that go down there and bingo, you know, and gamble and live like the devil and have their cocktail parties and bridge parties and play for cut glass and gamble. I'd lock them up. See. But you know, we go in the pulpit sometimes. We talk about that old gambling den down under. Dear friends, Jesus invaded the gambling den in the church. Remember that? Come on. When he walked in that church and they hollering, Get your doves over here and get your pigeons over here. Come on over here. And Jesus walked inside. Those righteous eyes began to spit fire. And said, My house shall be called of all nations a house of pride. You made it a den of thieves. He said, You get out of here. And they got out too. He invaded. He didn't invade the gambling joint. He invaded that little old synagogue or church or place. See there. Oh, listen. The devil's unreasonable. Next gamblers. The devil's unreasonable. Now this is something for you. The devil is unreasonable because he'll start a man to drinking just a little social nip or drink or a little toddy or one of these little deals you know before he eats, and uh, then directly he'll drink a little more and a little more, and then he'll go and he'll sit. From four o'clock when he gets off until midnight when they close the bridge on, he'll drink from four until twelve. That's an eight-hour shift. <laughs> I guarantee they'll do it. Listen, you'll never see a beer joint without a bunch of cars out in front of it, and they'll stay there. Why is it cafeterias do not serve beer? Not because all of them are Christians, but listen, they know that a man that drinks beer. He'll drink beer and never eat, and he'll stay there too long, and he'll take up a chair, and, and the cafeteria's got to move him out all the time, see. You get to eat and get going, because I've got another shift coming through that line there, see. And if a man gets to drink, and you know the devil do this to you. When you get started drinking, you'll take the first drink, the last drink will take you. And nearly every drunkard, I've never known, and you haven't either, I've never known of a drunkard just to come up and say, now then, I had a million dollars. I've spent five, two hundred, I've spent five hundred thousand on liquor. I'm chopping off right here. Old, old smutty face and John Barleycorn, you've had half of it. Now, buddy, you can beat it. I'll never take another drink. I'm through with you. And I'm fixing to kick you out. And I'll never even smell another bottle. And he don't do that. You know what he'll do? 
He'll spend the entire million and then borrow half a million and he'll get everything that he possibly can. He'll get everything. That's unreasonable. The devil, and yet somebody says, and we come to the church and talk about 10%. I don't have much patience about this 10% business. As far as I'm concerned, everything I have belongs to God. Every bit of it. I have no right to consider anything my own. Not one thing. No, sir. And for me to say, I'm going to give the Lord 10% and I'm going to keep 90%, make a Pharisee out of you, see? Make a crook out of you. Everything we have belongs to God. And I'd hate to think I had 90% that belonged to me because I wouldn't know what to do with it and God wouldn't bless it. God wouldn't bless it. Ah, listen to me. The devil is... Yet, listen. The devil, you know what he does? He'll take every dime you've got You've got to give him A-double-L, A-double-L. You've got to give him your soul, your mind, your body, your pocketbook, your wife, your children. You've got to give him your farm. You've got to give him your car. You've got to give him your time. You've got to give him every ounce of blood and strength and everything. The devil demands A-double-L all. He's the most unreasonable master I've ever known of in my life. And yet people give, look at the people all across this country. Every hospital full, every jail full, every pen's full, every dope institution's full. They're giving him all. You look at the money mothers and daddies spend on their wild kids today. I've had mothers and daddies, I imagine at least 10,000 of them to tell me, Brother Walk, we spent every dime on our wayward son. Spent every dime. I've heard old daddies to say, Brother Walk, our life's earnings are gone. We worked all of our life, my wife and I. We worked like slaves all of our life. We've spent every dime we've got on our boy. You know where he is? He's in the penitentiary. He said, you know, it would have been a wise thing if the first time he ever went to jail... I'd let him go ahead and stay in jail instead of start hiring lawyers for him. But now then, he's taken everything I've got. We have nothing, and he has nothing except the penitentiary sentence, and there he is. A woman came to me and said, my boy's in the pen for 35 years. You know how old he is? 16. But when a boy pulls out a pistol and sees a man coming up with a uniform on that's charged with the protection of the public and society, and my little girl, when she walks down the street, or my wife, or me, or somebody else, and yet he, he pumps him full of lead, and he falls dead. The judge had no alternative except to knock him into the pen and say, Stay there, son. You committed an adult crime. Therefore, you'll be tried as an adult. We're living in some times. What did he say? The devil's unreasonable. Can you think about him? The devil making a little boy like that, 16 years of age, and you'll regret it. His wife's, his mother's broken hearted. And yet, you know what she said? She said there was a time when he begged me to go worship with him, and I wouldn't go. Begged his daddy to go worship God, he wouldn't go. Nothing in the home. Nothing in the home. You know, there's one thing I'm convinced of, and I'll guarantee, because the psychiatrist is saying it too. The psychiatrist is something when the psychiatrist and Brother Wolf line up on the same team. Do you know that? But I mean, we're together right here. We're together in this, and that is that television is now reaping its first harvest. We're reaping our first television harvest right now. The kids have gotten grown now 20 years ago, see? 20 years ago. Now then, we got them up now. What do we got? We got homosexuals. We got dope heads, alcoholics. Busted homes, in inebriates, and we've got a generation of decayed people on our hands. Sickest we've ever known in the history of the world. That's a result of your television program. Say what you please. You can raise all the cane you want to raise. But I'll guarantee you over my dead body, a television set will come in my home or any home we'll ever have. If God gives me a thousand homes, there'll never be one of those stinging scorpions go up above the roof called an antenna. Or an aerial. Never will. 
I hate them with a purple passion because of what they've done. Their record's black as hell itself, and you know it's so. We'd never get anywhere with any of you people if you could sit every day for three or four or five or six hours and watch the late show or the late, late show and all the filth and the silly advertisements and all of that kind of junk uh, that can. Can you imagine us taking a man out here and say, now, we're not going to have any alcohol, no tapering off, and yet turn on a television set and boy, it's bubbling over the top of the glass. Can you imagine that? Oh, dear friend, we'd not subject you to that kind of temptation. The devil's unreasonable. He's unreasonable in the dope. Can you imagine a fellow that'll take dope until his brain's gone? Can you imagine? And, brother, you know, we've had boys that sniff gasoline. Brother, we had some tough ones. I want you to know, brother, they'd get in that gas barrel, and they picked up the biggest, the funniest rigs you've ever seen in your life. And, and glue? Brother, if, you, if they ever got a tube of glue, they've gone. I'm telling you, they'd just fix up every kind of little old mask, you know, and, and, and they'd, they'd, they'd sniff that stuff until I'm telling you the truth. They didn't have an ounce of sense left. And yet every time they sniffed, and every time you sniffed gasoline, you've got that gasoline, you've got poison gas going up into your brain cells, and it's ruining the brains and, and killing our young people. The devil's an unreasonable rascal, see. Don't you tell me God would pump that kind of filth to you. He doesn't. The devil will. The devil will. The devil's unreasonable. The devil is unreasonable, but we must hasten on. You know, the devil, and this is something, the devil will take an old man, an old woman, and torment him to pieces. Did you know the devil never gives up? You look like the devil would say, well, old man, I'll tell you what, you've served me well. <laughs> I mean, you've been, a, you've been a real reprobate. You've been among the best old reprobates I ever had. I believe you're the meanest old cuss I just about. But I tell you what, I think you've served me long enough. I'm going to take the bridle off of you, turn you into God's pasture, and let you have a little fun and go to heaven. Nuh-uh. Don't you think he'll pull a stunt like... He said, listen, you old rascal, you, I, I'm not through with you. I'm not taking my chains off. I'll drag you till you get to hell. That's where you're going. You're my young, and I'm never going to give up on you until I drag you off into the burning fires of hell. The devil's unreasonable. I'm going to tell you something else. Did you know the devil will torment God's old people? Did you know the rascal will come? He knows he can't get them. He knows he can't get the soul, but he'll sure torment the body. Man, he'll torment them. He'll say, and listen, the devil will come to some of the greatest old Christians I've ever known in my life. And the devil coming, you know, old nasty stinking outfit and say, yeah, so you think you're saved, huh? That's what you think. I'll get you. You're going to go to hell. I'll take you to hell. Torment them old saints. And their old minds, you know, begin to kind of get oppressed and depressed. And the old bodies begin to decay. And the devil will come in and work on them old tore bodies and them old wore out bodies. But they've been serving God for 50 years, 60, 70 years. And the devil will still come and torment the daylights out of God's children. He's a sorry rascal. He's an unreasonable rascal. I don't know why anybody won't serve the devil. Of course, I just wish... Uh, we'd just rake up by the grace of God and spit in his face and tell him to beat it, see? I mean, he's the only fellow I ever feel like telling him to go to hell. <laughs> That's right. I just tell you, I get some attitude rascal sometime. He sticks his old lousy head in my door, and I just feel like saying, Well, you go to hell where you belong. See? I don't want anybody else to go. And since Jesus saved my soul and got me right, I've never told anybody else to go to hell. Oh, can you imagine? Not anymore. I'd tell a man to go to a cancer hospital and catch him a cancer. Or go get in a pile of rattlesnakes and get bit and swell up till he dies. I'd never do that. And anybody to tell a man to go to hell, there's something wrong with that man. And more than likely, he's going himself. But I tell you what I will do. I'd say, go to heaven. 
Oh, go to heaven. If I could tell every old sinner to go to heaven tonight, and he'd say, how do you want to go? How can I go? I'd say, give your heart to Jesus. Trust in him. Receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. I'll have to give you two more things, and I've got to come to the latter part of the message. The devil's unreasonable because he started every war. He's killed every boy on the battlefield. One of the saddest things, I think, that I know of is for boys engaged to be married, going off to the battlefield, and the old jeep coming up in front of the house. And the mother calls this little sweetheart has been writing once every day and says, you needn't write anymore. He's not able to read any more letters. Boy, you talk about unreasonable. The devil is unreasonable. Every war was started by the devil, every one of them. I don't know why anybody served the devil. I don't know why you folks, all of us, me too. I wouldn't, I don't know why we wouldn't fall out with the devil and say, I'll never, I'll never even look in your direction again. I'll hate you, fight you, tear you apart ever with the word of God every time that I can. And I'm going to tell you something else. The devil is unreasonable in his religion. And don't you think he hadn't got his own religion? You know what he'll do? He'll tell you to join the church or to do better or to put on some religious clothes on the outside and he'll let you think you're saved and take you straight to hell when you die. And yet you'll be miserable every step of the journey. That's the unreasonableness of the devil. God won't do that. But I've got to finish the message because I'm going to talk to you about my Heavenly Father. He's unreasonable. But oh, I've changed, uh, I've changed gears now. I've gotten over to another pasture now. For God so loved the world. That's unreasonable. I don't know how anybody could love the whole world with all the sinners and the sin, yet he did. He made the world and the world got in a bad fix and went off against God. God still loved him. That's unreasonable. It's unreasonable. The little boy looked at me. The fella came to us and all tangled up. Mother and Daddy, Daddy said, if he never comes back again, it'll be too soon. Said, if he leaves there and don't make it, send him in the opposite direction. Don't ever send him back to me in Houston, Texas. I don't want him. Through with him. I'm sick of him. I said, he's, sure he's my boy, but I don't want him anymore. Can you imagine, little boy, isn't it reasonable for a little boy to look at me? And I'd say, son, we love you. And he said, you what? I said, we love you. He said, you, you've never seen me before. I said, it doesn't make any difference. We still love you. He said, listen, my own daddy doesn't love me. And he's known me ever since I was born. And he's the daddy of me. He's the one that caused me to come into the world. He and my mother. And he doesn't love me. And how could you never seen me? How could you love me? That's one of the mysteries of grace, isn't it? Yeah. It's unreasonable, though, just to love every one of them. To love every one of them. Took some of the little boys in this week. The little girl came in from a long ways this week. Precious girl. She came and sobbed out her little old story. It's all about the same, just sin. Some old sorry man. Some old sorry buzzard came along, you see, and whispered a bunch of lies and made a bunch of promises, you see. The little girl wrote me, she said, Brother Olaf, this man came along, and he's got a wife and some little children, and I'm in trouble. Talked to the mother, and she said, Brother Olaf, I make, I make $30 a week cleaning out the motel rooms. And said, I'll, I'll, I'll try to help buy her some maternity clothes, and I'll try to help her along. No, said our heart. Said I'm scared to even tell my husband. He's too wicked. Said said we can hardly live here. Said fact is she's gone out. Her grandmother. She she didn't want him to know it. Not until after she's gone. Mean and unreasonable and wicked and ungodly. The devil is unreasonable. But God loves her. God loves her. And then I want to show something else. God was 
so unreasonable that he gave his only begotten son to die for people that was going to drive nails to his hands. That just don't make sense to me. But it sure does make good salvation. Amen. Thank God for that. I tell you, you can't reason this thing out. God's just unreasonable, that's all. You think of just having one child, one boy, perfect, never had done wrong, fellowship with him, and said, son, you can hang your clothes in the clothes closet. The next time you wake up, you'll be laying in the arms of a peasant mother without an earthly father in Bethlehem's manger, and they'll hate you and hound you like a bunch of bloodhounds until finally. The last tune you'll hear will be the tune of Roman hammers driving big nails through. You know, the, the thing that's unreasonable is that Jesus said, Father, I counted a real joy to do it. I counted, he said, I counted a real joy. I delight to do thy will, O God. As it's written in the volume of the book. The whole book, volume of it. He said, I delight to do thy will. Unreasonable. We have an unreasonable Savior. Can you imagine dying for a fellow that hated while they were, listen, while they were driving nails through his hands? While they were putting a crown of thorns on his head, while they spit in his face, pulled his beard out of his face. I mean, he was saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That's unreasonable. But, oh, I'm thankful for an unreasonable Savior that would go to the extent that he did, that go to the last ditch and the last limit and die for us. And you know, something else that's amazing. I mean, this is one of the sweetest thoughts God ever gave me, and that is, God is unreasonable in his ability to keep me after he saves me. I tell you, the Lord has had many good opportunities just to pinch my head off and said, Son, I'll get somebody else. I mean, anybody could do better than what you're doing. And I'm going to just kind of exclude you. I mean, you flunked out. I mean, school's out and it's too wet to plow. And you, I'm going to get somebody. He didn't do it. He said, Oh, my son, my son, why don't you come to me and repent and I'll forgive you. And he, he, was, he keeps me. He's kept me ever since I've been saved. He's kept me ever since I've been preaching. He's kept me in the air. He's kept me on the ground. He's kept me in the water. I've, I've faced death at least a dozen times. I could name you one dozen times right now when it looked like it was all over. There wasn't any way to get out. I mean, it was just done for. I mean, I had no strength left. I had no power. I had no sense. I mean, I was frozen at the stick. I mean, at the wheel. I mean, I was in so much trouble. I couldn't see. I couldn't think. I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. Nobody but was up there but God. I had nobody sitting by the side to fly me. I had nobody there that could help me out. Only God. God is unreasonable, then he's able to keep. And here's the thing that makes it unreasonable. He keeps every child he's got. He never loses any. The Bible said he never lost any of them except old Judas and said he's the devil from the beginning. God never loses any of his children. You just put it down, brother. If you're born again by the grace of God and your name's written in the Lamb's book of life and you're sealed by the Holy Spirit, God's obligated to keep you and he will. Yes, Jesus has prayed for me to be kept. His prayers will be answered. Anytime Jesus prays a prayer that's not answered, he prayed a sinful prayer. God answers every perfect prayer according to the perfect will and word of God prayed out of a perfect heart and Jesus had a perfect heart. And God the Father here. And so it's unreasonable. I said it's unreasonable the way that he does business in something else. And I never thought of this before a while ago. It's unreasonable that after Jesus came and they crucified him and nailed him to the cross and laid him in a tomb that they turned right around and sent another comforter. And the Holy Spirit has been despised, misused, abused, and hated ever since. He, and he's been here 2,000 years. And the people, it's unreasonable 
that the Holy Spirit would come and take what he's taken. Jesus only lasted three years in his public ministry, 33 years in all, but three years in the public ministry. The Holy Spirit's been his public ministry for 2,000 years and despised and hated. He couldn't get in the average church building. The average church member wouldn't have a thing to do with the Holy Spirit. They wouldn't, they wouldn't believe the Word of God and the witness of the Spirit. My dear friends, it's unreasonable that the Holy Spirit would put up with us as long as he has. God would put up, Jesus would put up with us as long. And then I'm going to say something else. It's unreasonable that men and women, during especially the New Testament era, would die at the stake. Wild animals would eat them up. They'd give up everything they had. They wandered in sheepskins and goatskins and in caves and dens of the earth. They were despised and forsaken. They went hungry. They were torn to pieces. They were burned. I mean, they literally lit up their, their big gladiator games with human bodies, human torches. They'd saturate them with oils. And while the games were going on, Christians would be burning. Like I saw a house over there. You remember... Boy, that thing was a fire. Flames were coming out of every window and out of the roof. And she was going right there by the airport. We sat there and watched it burn. And the people started coming and watched the house burn. And yet, they made flaming torches out of Christians. And they were willingly. And they, listen, the Bible says that they loved not their lives unto death. And they counted it all joy. And like uh, that great old Christian that said to his friend and brother in Christ when they were getting them ready uh, to burn at the stake, and he looked at him and he said, Latimer, this fire is going to cure both of us. There's nothing that's wrong with us but what this fire is going to cure. The second we'll flame, and the next second we'll face our Savior. It's unreasonable. And yet I want to say something else, and I'm through. It's unreasonable that God would do so much for us, and then we'd turn around and do so little for him. He gave everything he had. Gave heaven's best for earth's worst. And it seems strange that we would not go the limit for him. Oh, how good the Lord is. And I want to be more like him. I want to be more like him. And may the Lord bless you in helping you open your heart's door to the Lord Jesus and receive him right now as your Savior. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit KNVBC.com for Christian music you can trust. <laughs>